Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Lion's Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community. Today I'm pretty bare-boned. Only Yasin from New York, America, from our side, from the yellow and red side. But then we do have a special guest with us and that is Ahmed Bab Turgut. You might know him from TurkishSoccer.com from his podcast, from his writings, from the past. But uh, Ahmed, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Samet. Thank you, Yasin. Nice to be with you guys. And uh, you guys have a great, great podcast also. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Appreciate That's, that, uh, appreciate that. Appreciate that indeed. So Ahmed, um, Bob, how, how do we call you? Like, is Bob your real second name? Actually, it's a nickname. You know, everyone in America, I'm sure Yasin will recall this. <laughs> <laughs> they were, you know, like Mike, a lot of Mustafa's will be uh, Mike. And and I was uh, doing the local uh, soccer show here in the mid-90s through the to, uh, first uh, early years of 2000. We have a talking soccer program. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in the community, a lot of people know me as Bob Turgut. <laughs> so I went with that nickname in that program. And our program was watched every weekend. We mm-hmm. were, uh, at the time, we were doing a lot of uh, MLS matches. And then my partner died. And then oh, we well, the back. show ended. So that's how the uh, nickname came from. But uh, uh, I'm 65 years old. Mm-hmm. And former journalist worked for Hurriyet, uh, New York Bureau. And um, from Bergama Izmir, I was born in Bergama Izmir. And That's as place. you probably uh, know, Samet knows, I am a Besiktas fan from my father, but I'm not one of the fanatic ones. Mm-hmm. I write and I do podcasts and Turkish football. I try to be neutral. Yeah, yeah. Yasin, uh, you never told me about this, uh, well, that Turks also have American nick- nicknames, like Asian Americans. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more common for older folk too, like my dad, my <laughs> uncle, my, you know, my dad, <laughs> okay. like they, they, they all had nicknames, you know, mm-hmm. as Bob just mentioned, Mustafa, a lot of times is Mike. Uh, my uncle's name is Nijati. They call him Nick. So they, a lot of <laughs> yeah. people have short nicknames like that, especially back in the day. I think for the younger generation, for the most part, from my experience, they just call you by your name. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of force it onto them. There's there's less room for, all right, here's my nickname, call me that. I mean, my, my cousin's name is Mohammed. They call him Mo. I guess his is a bit of a different situation, right. but... I've always said Yasin, that they, that, that's what they call me. Unfortunately, I guess it's not super easy. So I've heard lots of versions of Yasin. It's Yasmin, you know, Yazin. <laughs> yeah. Some people yeah. used to call me Yo, just for short. But yeah. usually it's Yasin for me. I, honestly, like, I, I'm, people call me Sam as well. 
my, even my wife calls me Sam. Sam. So, um, well, your name is closer to Sam. So, yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> easy. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Ahmed, you mentioned you have uh, affinity for Bishkash, even though you're very neutral. I've noticed it was hard finding out that you're a Bishkash fan, but you are open about it. What about the rest of your family? Is is it uh, black and uh, white all along? Or? It's not all black and white. And I have my uh, younger son, uh, who is Bora, who is a Besiktas fan. My older mm-hmm. son, uh, who is um, who is Galasai fan. He became okay. a Galasai fan when Galasai well, made the right came. choice. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and he's a fanatic one. He has... Uh, uh, went to all the matches in Europe when Galatasaray played in uh, Champions League matches. Wow. And, um, and also, he is very, very uh, close to friends with uh, Seth Ginan. They're same age because he um, he was in Manisa Sport Camp in ni- uh, 2007 when uh, Seth Ginan was his captain there. And ah, he played awesome. professional football. Okay. He did. He was um, uh, actually, he played six months and then he decided to come back, not lose his uh, scholarship here mm. because his grades were really good. So he ended up coming back and then uh, finishing his uh, university. I think he did the right thing, though, if you oh, look yeah. at it now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not easy succeeding in Turkish football. Yeah, especially when you know you're not going to make a lot of money, because yeah. we uh, he found out that he was not going to be in the lineup in a, mm-hmm. in a uh, so he had better and his grades at NYU was great. He was doing great in school, so he just uh, didn't want to lose that uh, scholarship here in New York. Yeah. Make make makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is, and, is it? Uh, I was I was telling you, nineteen ninety seven when uh, Fatih Terim was coach, mm-hmm. and I don't know if Sinan uh, uh, or uh, Yasin will you remember this when they came to New York to play a couple friendly matches back in nineteen ninety seven. You might be too young to remember that. I, I was I was a baby at because the time. yeah, <laughs> my son my son was twelve years old. And Fatitirim, which I I don't like to say this, and uh, we we talk, we uh, text each other on uh, WhatsApp. Uh, he's the one made my son Galasai fan. Ever since oh, wow. that, <laughs> ever since that, he is a fanatic Galasai fan, and mm-hmm. uh, he follows Galasai like crazy. Today, well, how did he do it though? Did, did he like put water on his head to dip him in? <laughs> like, how did he... I don't know how he changed it, but he, <laughs> Fatih Terim knew uh, that I was, you know, he knows. Uh, me and Fatih Terim go back to my reporting uh, journal days when Fatih Terim, before he became a coach Turkish national team, he used to come to New York a lot. Mm-hmm. And he would come to where Yasin Ozanak's uh, business and a couple other uh, Turkish people's business there. And then when the Turkish national team came to Canada, the first time ever uh, Turkish national team had a camp over the you know oceans. They came to Canada, Toronto. Uh, we had, uh, that's when 
we really, you know, got really close to each other with Fatih Tirim. And at the time, uh, you know, my kids were small. Uh, he, he, they were not following in the teams. But when 1990, uh, 1997, when Galatasaray came here and uh, to play friendly matches, that's when uh, my older son, Volkan, fell in love with uh, uh, Galatasaray team. Yeah, yeah, being around yeah. with the players, I think that made you know when you're 12 years old, mm -hmm. you know how the yeah. kids feel. Yeah, yeah, especially with the success back then. Right. Um, well, yeah. yeah, you. Yeah, that was the best team around uh, that time in Turkey, mm -hmm. and there wasn't enough a lot of money back then. It was all passion. Mm, yeah, there was money. I, I there was still money, but not like uh, you. Uh, not like today. Not like today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah. How how much do you recall of back then? Like you mentioned, you had good contacts at that time with Fatih Terim. Well, that was the beginning of his coaching career. Remember, uh, before, I mean, that was what I know Fatih Terim then. Now it's a huge difference. You know, mm. you know, Fatih Terim was just starting to coach in back in nineteen ninety five which mm. uh, his very serious coaching job was at Turkish national team. Mm. And it was the beginning. And he had a lot of young uh, Turkish uh, prospects. Like, you know, you had what, Hakan, what? you got Hakan Şükür, Rüştü Rechber in goal. And you had Ogun uh, from Fenerbahçe, former Trabzonspor player, Tugay. And you had uh, Rahim Zafer. Uh, you had all kinds of players then. Abdullah from Fenerbahce, also former Trabzonspor player. So there were good, a lot of good players, but the football in those days played differently too. So you can't yeah. really... And, and you mentioned that it's different between back then and now. Like, is there a difference in character, personality? What did you mean exactly? I think the players are more smarter, more educated. Mm. And back then, a lot of the players... Remember, they were not educated that well. They probably, uh, yeah. you know, uh, culture-wise, mm -hmm. uh, in Turkey until 1995, really didn't open up the uh, the doors to the West. So yeah, things were different. Different era, different. Different, yeah. Now you have the social media. You know, last yeah. 15, 20 years. You know, the yeah, the players coming up. You could see they uh, train better uh, if, you know, they they earn money better. They get much more money than what they used to earn back then. Mm -hmm. you, you mean to say they were extorted kind of a little bit? I would say so, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Abuse the situation, the big clubs, I guess. Yeah. I mean, at the time, and they were more disciplined. I mean, in the camps... Without any uh, anything, the without telling Fatih Terim, you you couldn't do anything. He was very strict, very demanding coach. I think that never changed, though. I think that's a <laughs> really got, a trait a of better, his. You know, as he uh, as the years uh -huh. went by, but I think yeah. uh, he has changed a lot, though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and and you have a background in journalism, media. Do you have any? 
um, experience in football yourself? Have you been a player? Have you been on the pitch, close I, to the pitch? I played in uh, Turkey between 1976 and 78 with Altınordu B team. And, <laughs> and that was it. And I also uh, did some coaching as far as uh, amateur-wise. I also mm. refed in the New York State uh, Referee Association. I was uh, Class A. Uh, I was going to get my pro license, which mm -hmm. uh, end up I was I end up uh, getting married at uh, 1985. <laughs> I got married, and then refereeing <laughs> was over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I did coach. As a matter of fact, my uh, older son when they played uh, house league matches. And okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, John, uh, another uh, co-host from Canada, is missing out then today because <laughs> he's also coaching uh, under 16s I believe, oh, really? in Canada. Good. And he was mentioning how expensive it is. It is very expensive. Like compared to Europe, I'm from Holland, Amsterdam. It's like every kid can go and play football here. But apparently in the States, it's not. It actually costs a load of money. If Is that the playing, same in America? Yeah. If they're playing in a very high level uh, league, uh, which uh, uh, requires traveling, it could cost mm -hmm. you $5,000 a year for per kid. That's Jeez. what happened with my younger son and also my older son too so uh, it is pretty costly if you because yeah. you have to travel with them and you have to get your own hotel room and we used to go yeah. as a family mm -hmm. and we travel pretty much every state in the united states when uh bottom played for academy league mm -hmm. and and currently you're not based in your new york right no i'm in upstate new york near Niagara okay. Falls, near Canada, Toronto. As a matter of fact, next weekend, I'm going to Toronto to uh, register my vote. I'm not going to New York. I want to see It's closer yeah, to uh, Toronto? Toronto is closer, yes. Oh, okay, interesting. I'm not sure if you can vote, though, in Toronto. Yes, you can. I think you have to no. vote in the no. country you are in. No? no, you could vote in any embassy yeah, you could okay. go there. Well, because if Toronto is only situated. three hours for us, and we were yeah, thinking see. about going to uh, Boston, but Boston is like six hours where my sons live, and we're gonna go there following weekend for Mother's Day. But so we're gonna nice. celebrate the Mother's Day in Boston. Okay, that's nice. Well, I'm I'm going to Turkey in two weeks. Nice. Well, we'll be there for a month, so I'll you're be gonna catching see, some. You're going to see uh you're going to see Galatasaray match then, Summit. Yeah, of course. I have a combine. I just extended the one for next year as well. Yeah. Which tripled in price, by the way. Yeah, that's going up. Of course. My older mm -hmm. son is going to go Volkan's going to the Champions League final match in I believe in June, right? Oh. <laughs> but, but are the tickets out for that? Yeah, they got already? he's got his ticket already. Yes. Oh, I need to check those out yeah. as well. There's a lot of games when I'm yeah. there. So. Yeah. Yasin, you're not coming, right? You said you were, but... Uh. I, I, I wanted to, but I don't have a ticket, unfortunately. Uh, well, so. I told you to get uh, that combine. All right. I uh, should have listened, honestly. I talk too much. Now Yasin's turn to talk a little bit. <laughs> no, if you have questions, Ahmed, go ahead. Do you have questions for us? No, I don't have... But I, like I said, you know, 
pretty much is everything on uh, Twitter now, and people yeah. uh, follow your uh, your podcast, and people who follow uh, Turkish football pos- podcast. And I think you guys are doing a tremendous job as far as you know telling what's going on with Galatasaray team. That should be you know I know um, I I I can't I I'm, I know Khan used to do uh, Besiktas podcast and before mm-hmm. um, and now the I Black think, Eagles podcast right and I don't think uh, there is one other uh, kid that does the Fenerbahce. Which I forgot his name. Uh, he, yeah, uh, he's pretty uh, cool kid too. So I, I, I, as a matter of fact, I've been. Uh, I believe his name is Ilker. He does pretty good uh-huh. job too. So try to. I think the main point uh, here is trying to bring, and as you know, right now everything, the news, podcast, everything is going towards to uh, Twitter right now because. What Twitter is, people check more than their Facebook or Instagram when it comes to mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, you know, talk shows, a lot, of, a lot of news and podcasts. So I think you're, you guys are on the right track. I know uh, we're doing all this for just hobby, but I think mm-hmm. at least people getting the information out there. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, uh, representing to foreign media, right? Right. It's all in English, trying to get that uh, to everyone and uh, help build up the Galatasaray brand, if we can, even by 1%. One, one, uh, appreciate you saying no that. No problem. One thing, though, yeah, you know, um, there's a kid uh, working uh, for CBS Sports, uh, Nico. Nico, yeah. yeah. Nico wants to go watch one of the uh, Galatasaray matches. So Galatasaray fans oh. should follow Nico. He's the, he's a very uh, good uh, Galatasaray fan. Yeah, yeah, I've his noticed. I've been messaging him as well. Yeah, his father is very famous. He's working for Telemundo. He does that mm-hmm. uh, goal uh, scoring <laughs> cheer after the goal. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's good. Uh, he's a good, good uh, friend of mine too. Interesting niche area where people seem to know each other. Yeah. We just got here. We just got here, Ahmed. We just got no. here. <laughs> <laughs> How long you guys been doing this? Now? It's been one year, about nice. something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we started honestly, January, February, twenty twenty two. I think right after Fatih Terim got sacked. So I think yeah, that was yeah. about February. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mister Dominic Torrent, that era. Yeah, we've been through it. So we had a season long. We started at the episodes. lows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. indeed. Maybe uh, Yasin but, could uh, uh, uh, run into uh, Dominic in New York. <laughs> he probably Yeah, he was, he was in New York City FC. I actually don't follow the team too yeah, much, yeah, but he uh, one them. of our yeah, friends. he coached them uh, before uh, he came to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Let's see. Yasin. Did you have any latest news or points to bring up before we go into the match of today? Man, honestly, uh, I, I, it's just complaining about the refs, saying that, you know, Bishiktash apparently asked for this ref. Mm-hmm. Bishiktash Twitter, Bob, oh, keep me honest here. Bishiktash yeah. said that we, we, you know, had, we were not involved in this. And then uh, Ali yeah. Coach apparently visited Tefefe at their, you know, at their office. Um, and then Galside, you know, Twitter pages, fan pages made a big deal out of it. The Got regular types of journalists involved. 
and then Dursun Özbek visited TFFA the next day. I mean, there's a lot of assumptions involved. You know, I don't really know what's going on in, in, in detail, what the actual facts are, because there's just so much fake news I want to say online. Mm-hmm. I've just been doing my best as a fan to focus on this game, which unfortunately didn't really work out in our favor. But mm. um, yeah, that's, I don't know if it's really worth getting into all the details more than that, man. No, no, that's that's a good summary. Did you have anything to add to that, Ahmed Bob, as a Turkish soccer connoisseur? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Thank you, though. Um, here's the thing. I think as I was talking to you, Summit, before the show, uh, off the record, I think Galatasaray made biggest mistake after uh, losing that match to Konyaspor. Ever since losing to Konyaspor, Galatasaray team did not, uh, is not looking good. Uh, and I mentioned this about 20-25 days ago. Wasn't that the, the streak w- that we lost with Konya? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And uh, I think uh, going after that streak, uh, I mean, why would you go uh, even a, a draw over there against Konyaspor match would have been good for Galatasaray. Keep that gap on top. Like I said, ever since that loss, I think Galatasaray team, there's problems inside of the team and this Gomez crisis that happened past week, mm-hmm. that's not uh, good at all because... No, I listened the to the guys speaking about it and a lot of people a, were the- saying things about Gomez, but I was like, okay, but why did Okan even bring that up? Like... I didn't completely agree with everyone going on after Gomez, but uh, go ahead, Bob. Here's the here's the thing: what happened before the match? Okan Buruk, you know, this is all it takes experienced coach. I don't think Fatih Terim would have done this. Mm-hmm. He explained it in before the match. Said that Gomez was having back problems. Mm-hmm. He was not ready to play. After the match, in that press conference, he didn't have to say that. He didn't have to say, Gomez came to me and told me that he doesn't want to play for Fully agree. That was That was a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Now, that, I mean, they fixed that, it pretty good. They fixed it pretty fast did, and good. I'm not complaining about they, that. They, yeah, but they did that. But once you damage, you know, once... You break the bottle, that bottle is not going to be the same bottle. So I think the chaos with Gomez that hurt uh, Galatasaray team before this match. Mm-hmm. Now, coming to this match, I think Galatasaray, that was the only shot on goal. And Cardi scored. Mm-hmm. But the, before the match, I said Galatasaray has much better midfield than Besiktas. I think uh, Okan Buruk made huge, uh, again, mistakes as far as putting the 11 out there. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's go transition into the game then since we're already uh, starting to talk about it. Usually, Bob, what we do is we call up the lineup and then we go um, yeah, through any ideas. It's uh, up to you. Sure. Um, so I'll do Galatasaray point of view. And um, and 
the starting lineup from God's Try, how we started was a lot of rumors were out there about is Dubois going to start over Adekugbe? Is Rashiska going to start over Barashilma? So eventually what happened was uh, Adekugbe started as he did all the past games. Abdul Kerim Bardakje, together with Nelson, the usual duo, Sasha Boye on the right, Oliveira and Torreira in the midfield, and then we have Keram, Dries Mertens, Milot Rashidka, and Maro Icardi as starting 11. Of course, not to forget Fernando Muslera on the goal. On Besiktas' side, Mert Günok in the goal, Valentin Rozier, Romain Saiz, Omar Kole, Artur Masuaku. Masuaku. Masuaku, thank you, Bob. Mm-hmm. Amir Haji Ahmed Ovic, I always bottle that name. But mm-hmm. uh, Salih Uchan in the midfield. Cenk Tosun, Nathan Redmond on the wings. Jesson Fernandez on the 10. And Vincent Abubakar as your striker. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the lineup for Besiktas, Ahmed? Well, Besiktas probably in first 15 minutes of uh, at least 20-25 minutes it started very shaky. Mm-hmm. In the midfield, they lost a lot of uh, balls. The, the passes were not good, and they were struggling. I think because uh, the stress was on uh, Besiktas. Mm-hmm. And after Icardi goal, it was a huge mistake by defender on there. And Icardi, when you give him a ball like that, he'll score on you. Yeah. But after that, I think after that, after 30, after 30th minutes, I think Besiktas picked up the pieces. Yeah, that's what I noted as, as well when I was watching. <laughs> you know, the story about how I watched this game was interesting as well because I was on the road and I was watching uh, yeah, through the, eye, the corner of my eye. Um, and I was asking my wife to take some notes because I have an important podcast to take with Bob. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I not- told her, write this down. Icardi has not painted his hair to blonde. So I don't know if, <laughs> if it's going to work out today. And um, well, he did score. And like you said, the first 25 minutes, I took some a lot of notes there. I saw that. On Galatasaray's side, Kerem, Mertens, they were really helping the defense. Um, I was wondering if we would be able to beat Ahmetovic and Getson in the middle. I was wondering if why Besiktas was not playing so possessive football. Because if I were a Besiktas fan in the first 25 minutes, I would be like, this is insane. Playing defensive, not going after the ball. Gala had the ball the first 25 minutes. Like, we were playing at home, it seemed like. And then the goal of Icardi came. And after that, what happened was... uh, I don't know what happened. Maybe you can tell me, Bob, because after the 30th minute, uh, 34th minute, you got Roman Saiz, who scored a goal from the corner. And something's changed. Yeah, before, uh, maybe, Yasin, did Mm -hmm. you watch the game? Uh, yeah, of course. Could, uh, <laughs> so, no, uh, I, I have have Yasin talk. I know I've been talking so much. <laughs> I want him to uh, give his opinion, and then I'll I'll talk about it after the thirty. Yasin, Ahmed's yeah. treating you very fairly. You see that? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad Bob's treating me fairly. You know, my my own podcast host should be treating me a little more fairly, give me a little more opportunity <laughs> to talk here. <laughs> but just kidding. Um, I, I, I mean, I was enjoying the listen because I think Bob hit the nail on the head there. He said pretty much Bishkitash was just giving the ball away. I mean, at first sight, you know, the game started off. It actually looked like we were, we were comfortable, but in reality, it was just Bishkitash playing poorly. They were making lots of mistakes. They were losing 50-50 balls. They were making a lot of passing errors. And in return, we had the ball more often because of it. But, you know, I, I think it was just, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't really reflect what a lot of fans maybe thought in the moment. You know, I, I was confident, but looking back, I was like, okay, this is merely because Besiktas is not playing well. And when Besiktas picked it up, I think we that's when we really took that shock effect because Besiktas fans, first of all, were incredible today. Before I forget to say it later, in case Bob or Summit forget as well, we really need to give credit to Besiktas fans today because they, the atmosphere that they brought, first of all, I think it's, it shocked us in a way. I think this was the best away game that you know fans that we've seen all season as a golf size spectator and i'm sure our fans have seen as well final but we played Fenerbahce, we played Trabzon. i think bishiktas fans really made I it thought difficult Yasin for us was a they, Fenerbahce, but it seems like he's a bishiktas honestly i i i have i don't want to say i have a soft spot for bishiktas oh, but God. i i i i like bishiktas my my initiate is a huge bishiktas fan and growing up he you know, he took me to all my soccer games. He came to all my soccer games. We talked about Gasai, but we also talked about Bishkitash. And he was never one of those annoying fanatic guys. He was a fanatic, but he was never mm-hmm. annoying about it. So I Ahmed, got a soft spot for Bishkitash. You need to take Yasin in as your intern. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, the inside joke we have in the podcast is that Yasin is a Fenerbahce fan. Uh, because he's always very objective when it comes to uh, Turkish soccer. So let me let me give you a little bit uh, so you guys could laugh. Every time my older son, who's Galatasaray fan, watches a m- match with Fenerbahce fan, mm-hmm. Galatasaray loses. Today, he was in New York City watching the uh, match with his uh, one of his uh, friends that they were little. Uh, they they've been friends ever since they were little. Mm-hmm. They yeah. watched the match. Today in his apartment in New York, and guess what happened? Galatasaray lost. Every time he watches a match with him, mm-hmm. who is Van Harbacher man, uh, Van Harbacher fan, he Galatasaray loses a uh, match, and uh, after uh, Galatasaray scored the first goal, Icardi, and my son uh, FaceTime with me. I said, "Wait." <laughs> <laughs> the game is not over yet, mm. and after that, he hasn't called me yet. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, next time Bob, you visit I will, your I will son, pay Bob, you money. I will pay your your son money to not watch the Fenerbahce Galatasaray no, game no, no. with that friend, please. Like, when, do, uh, no matter what, make sure he does not watch it with him. Bob, when you go to your son next time, uh, buy uh, a lot of those Nazar Bonju to protect uh, from evil eyes and Fenerbahce fans. <laughs> But you know, uh, getting serious now, uh, I, and now I'll get back to I'll give the microphone to Yasin. I think Turkish Football Federation here, I'm serious, is making a huge mistake. They should have the uh, the visitor size fans in the stadiums this year and this past year too. They've been doing this uh, last ah, couple of years. That's a good reminder. Turkish Football Federation is doing very bad job not having. Uh, the fans. Can you remind us you know, the, why that is, Ahmed? It's only for Istanbul, is? right? 
No, it's pretty much every city uh, uh, when they play. I think, I don't know why, but I think that because of the problems, I think that they don't want any problems with the fans. But the thing is, football is not football when you don't have your uh, visiting team uh, spectators mm -hmm. there. They did it with Fenerbahce Stadium when Galatasaray went there uh, or Fenerbahce went there. It's it's crazy. They should not do this. This is this is killing football in Turkey. Go ahead, Yasin. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm I'm sure that our players could have used a little bit of support there, even if it was just a couple thousand. You know, they Galatasaray fans, Beşiktaş fans, Fenerbahce fans, they all usually do a pretty good job away. You know, keeping their team in the game, and that's what we needed today. Uh, I think. To your point, the subs were not on point. I think we had times we could have maybe changed the game around. We really needed some sort of boost, and the fans really could have been that for us. But once Besiktas took control of the game, Bob, Summit, I, I think they didn't give it up. Uh, we, we failed miserably in trying to get back into the game. I think everything we tried was, was a fail. Kerem, who was usually pretty consistent against big teams and small teams, was... I think in, non-existent today and the passes that he usually has a decent chance of making you know every game he has one or two good through balls to Icardi or whoever it is Rachis on the other side mm -hmm. he couldn't land a single pass together like it was just fail after fail after fail I don't know what it was but I think most of the team Icardi included they just were not putting their passes together they were not making their runs when yeah. they needed go there's, ahead, there's a lot to say but go ahead now, on my side, like I was going to say that Kerem basically drowned in between uh, Ahmetovic and, uh, and, and Jetson uh, because he wasn't playing on the wings. He was playing that inverted winger basically almost at 10 and uh, where you saw Mertens more going searching for those wings. And, um, and, and Kerem, one thing we always complain is why isn't he playing out wide? Um, which is a tactic that Okan Buruk has chosen over and over, where the wings are going into the center, uh, Rashidska, Kerem, and also rotating between Mertens, Icardi. They're basically a front block of four people rotating in the middle, keeping it very narrow. And that was my worry all the time. Like, can we break their defense? And I was saying to Bob Ahmed uh, before the podcast that Besiktas rooked Physically very strong, stronger than Galtzray. Galtzray was very soft today uh, at Besiktas. And the game was really over at minute 57 when Oliveira made that Thailand Antalya mistake, basically. Um, you could see it from and, his face as well. And you can see it from a mile away, many, many minutes before it actually happened. I'm actually shocked that Okan Buruk didn't take Sergio off at halftime. I was praying he would, but he did not. I don't know why he kept him on because you can tell, like, we lost that midfield about soon after Icardi scored. I mean, Besiktas scored their, their first goal. I mean, it was coming. It was basically, they were knocking the entire time and they, they scored. And I'm, I'm surprised that they somehow didn't find a second one before halftime. That They just had that much control. And the reason for that is because Sergio was just so lackadaisical in the midfield, in my opinion. He was, you know... I'm not going to say he didn't put an effort into the game, but he just seemed too carefree. You're, you're playing away against what I consider a very strong midfield that Besiktas has. You know, he in did terms prepare of the ability. first goal. He prepared the first goal, but Summit, that, that's a pass that you expect 
most midfielders to make. The ball came to him. He saw the opportunity Rashid to make that run behind the Besiktas player. It was a good pass. I'm not going to take it away from him. Mm-hmm. But just because he made that one pass, that doesn't mean that he put in a great effort. I think he lost a lot of 50-50 balls today in the first half especially. He oftentimes tried to dribble past two or three Besiktas players when a simple pass was there. And because he lost that ball... Our midfielders, our defenders were out of position. Bishitesh was able to find more opportunities in the attack. And that just builds up. That's a snowball effect. That that builds up the fans' noise. They, they get back behind their team. And that indirectly affects negatively the rest of his teammates as well for Sergio. So mm-hmm. I, I would, if I was Okan, I'm curious what Bob thinks about this too from a Bishitesh perspective. But if I'm Okan Buruk, I take Sergio off at halftime immediately. I, I don't know. You can argue who should come in, whether that's Berkan or Micho like he did later in the second half. But Sergio was our weakest link, and your team is going to be only as strong as your weakest link. So that's, I think, where we really failed today in the midfield. I, I agree with Yasin. Yes, uh, Sergio should have gone out at, before the half. But I think Okan Buruk, after the match, said that he was trying to uh, take him out uh, at the halftime. But that was a huge mistake to me. But if, uh, guys, I remember... Back in uh, after week twenty eight, which um, I did a podcast after week twenty eight, before 29, 30, 31 uh, weekend matches played, I said then I don't remember last podcast. Was but back, back, that was the back to back matches was going to be happening, and it was going to be a very tough uh, going for Galatasaray, and I said actually you know losing. Uh, you know, winning Kai City, that was good. And then winning at home against, uh, I don't remember the team right now against that. Uh, they scored 10 goals in two matches. But after that, it was downhill. So especially until this uh, Besiktas match, I uh, argued that the gap would have been, uh, would be closed. So the gap from nine points to uh, three points now. So you, whether this match or the match before this match, I think the team players playing, it's like 10 days, they play three matches and then this game. So in pretty much in uh, 15 days, they played four four matches. That's kind of tough on uh, on the players too. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that uh, playing, as Yasin said, in front of uh, Besiktas fans. And I've been in Besiktas Stadium. I've been in Galatasaray Stadium. If this match was played in Galatasaray Stadium, it would have been, been different because that stadium fans, when Galatasaray fans gets there, it, the loud, the you know, the noise is big effect on uh, players. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened today. And that's why first 15, 20 minutes, uh, Besiktas players were nervous, making a lot of bad passes in the midfield. And I'm going to say this again. As midfield-wise, Galasai team players are much better than Besiktas. But in this match, somehow physically, as you said, Samet, in this match, Besiktas ran pretty much 96 minutes with the, uh, you know, with the six-minute mm-hmm. ed- addition times. And they were all over the field. Yeah, especially they Jetson. Ran. 
And I, I, yes. I, I'm still to this day really sad about that transfer not happening for us because I said at that time when we lost Jetson to Besiktas, it wasn't over yet for us. This transfer was going to bite us back in the ass someday in the future because they have a four-year, five-year contract, I think. And he's just But a great Samet, player. Yeah. I have not seen Getson play this much good in whole season. Really? That's the, I didn't know. I don't watch Bishkesh, no, but that's a good I point to make. Seen, I never seen Getson fight this much. I think because he might have a little grudge against Salasai, well, what happened. Yeah, well, it's not yeah. us. It's Burak Elmas. Come on, Jetson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so whatever happened there, I think mm. I have not seen him play and hustle this much Jeez. in 90 minutes. Last week it was uh, Jagne, and this week it's just Jetson, who's going to be next right. week. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, if we come to... I don't know. You probably lead us to uh, the rest of the season because if you look at the rest of the season, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty much tough for you know both of the teams. Besiktas, I mean, if Galatasaray and Fenerbahce has uh, very tough matches. Uh-huh. Besiktas for the title, they have very little chances. I'm going to tell right now. They have four games. Fenerbahce has the, four games, and Galatasaray right, has have, five games. Right. No, no, no, no, no. Right now, if you look at the Fenerbahce have two uh, matches, forfeit matches against those earthquake zone teams, and Galatasaray have one. So Fenerbahce right now, automatically, they're going to get six points, and uh, Galatasaray will get earn three points without playing match. But the thing is, after this Besiktas match, You got Başakşehir mm-hmm. for Galatasaray yeah. at True. home. Yes. And then İstanbulspor, who are in desperate for points. What, you know what they did Fatih against Fenerbahçe. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. And Silas at home. I think if they win these two matches and win the Silasspor match, pretty much uh, Galatasaray will claim the title. But in any chance, Başakşehir, And Istanbul gives problem to Galatasaray. Wow. Ankara Gücü match is going to be very interesting. After that, you know, the derby match against Fenerbahçe. Yeah, there we have Thailand and But, Emre. So. Yeah. So it is, it is, I know the gap is three points right now. But when you're up on top nine, ten points ahead, if this comes to even points, This will be on Okan's Brooks' watch. I don't think he will last. Yeah, he'll probably. Uh, they will probably sack him. I've well, it's been always what I said also in the podcast. The only thing that worries me is if Okan Brooks has a long-lasting breath, if he has the capacity to take us to the finish line, because I think he butchered that Bashakshir lead as well to against Galatasaray. And uh, I know from other teams like Trabzon always butchers it towards the end. They never manage to make it through, and and that's a very important aspect. I know that Fatih Terim always led us uh, in his favor. If he he would never give up that lead, and yeah, I mean eliminating from Turkish Cup, mm. it was under his watch too. You know that's and now from nine points uh, uh, gap, 
coming to three point gap right now. Right now, is the stressful team is Galatasaray. If they don't play like they used to play, I think there's going to be a uh, you know a tough two matches coming up. You know whether you like it or not, Mashakshir is not going to give you an easy time, and Istanbulspor, and definitely if they because they're in desperate for mm-hmm. points. As you know, there's going to be only two teams drop. Umranio is pretty much done. Right now, the race between on the bottom is between Istanbul Sport, Giresun Sport, and other teams if they don't win. Yeah. So Istanbul Sport has to win their matches. So they're not going to be, you know, they're going to do the same thing what they did against Fenerbahce. So, I mean, as far as Besiktas, I think Besiktas lost that title chance when they had a draw against Trabzonspor. If they would have uh, won that match right now, they would have been up uh, 68, uh, 67 points. Mm-hmm. So uh, they would have been right up there. They would still have a chance. And looking at their schedule, Besiktas has one by weekend that they're not going to be earning any uh, points. So yeah. they will have they will have one uh, forfeit match, which is against one of the uh, Earth Quake zone teams when uh, Galatasaray plays Istanbul Sport and Fenerbahce plays Trabzonspor, that's when that yeah. weekend they will have extra three points without playing. Besiktas oh, so, also has um, away games in Antalya and Adana. So. Sure, they have, yeah. that's Antalya is in trouble. So mm-hmm. Adana, Demirspor is a good team. So, and Kasimpasha, you don't, you never know what's going to happen. No. And the last match against Konyaspor, which mm-hmm. Konyaspor uh, won this week, so things might not look uh, good for Besiktas too. But right now, I think because of the gap narrowed, now Fenerbahce has got a little hope, mm-hmm. but that hope is still there because on behalf of the mistakes done by Okan Brook. Well, do you, do you also, like, that's an interesting thing to ask. Do you believe in conspiracy theories about that they're trying to make it come down to the last game, Galatasaray versus Fenerbahce? You know what? I don't believe that, but I think there are very bad referees in Turkish Super mm. And referees are making mistakes uh, one week for Galatasaray, one week for Fenerbahce, uh, one week for uh, uh, Besiktas. In general, you know why we're talking so much about tr- Turkish referees? It's insane. Because you, it's, you, you live in Holland mm. and uh, Yasin is in New York. I have never seen a league talk so much about referees. You know why we're talking about referees? Because they're, they're not... It, the the referees are who refing in the Turkish Super League are not ready to ref, and uh, it's like you who can, you know. We heard it. We heard it your from the father is your recordings. father's name brings you to become a professional referee in the Turkish yeah, Super League. Yeah, that's what's another wrong. Another thing. Another thing. I think professional Turkish referees should be professionals. They should have a full time, uh, full time uh, job. But uh, you know. They don't? They don't. What do they get? Like, is it peanuts that what they get? So that's why they're not taking it seriously? Because it sounded from the recordings like they're in a cafe, in a cave, smoking cigarettes and talking about positions. 
which yeah, I mean, which was much, interesting. Not, that, that's the one thing. There, there are a few uh, referees are making money. They should, and they also have their own business, mm-hmm. insurance companies, and all that. But uh, Yasin uh, could uh, put his two cents in here. If you follow MLS here, they have a professional le- referees. When they don't do anything else, mm-hmm. all they do is uh, they're professional referees. They go from the game to game, and they're trained well. When you're not trained well, that's what happens with Turkish. You know, it's who you know. You know, you could be a referee uh, 10, 15 years in the bottom of the league. If you don't, if you don't have any connections with the politicians, you can never get up to a ref in Turkish Super League. Same in refereeing, same in football. And also, like, that's how TFF is... Uh is also organized. So, uh, yeah, also bad decisions from TFF there. Yeah, I think our our our, our Turkish referees, uh, most of them is not very uh, trained to uh, uh, ref in the Turkish Super Leagues. They're making a lot of mistakes. You know, uh, a lot of them uh, train, uh, they, you know, from their day job, they go to, uh, you know, to... There, mm-hmm. although the matches are on the weekends, but, but some matches are in uh, week midweeks. Like we're gonna see this back-to-back matches on thirty-fourth and thirty-fifth weekends. That makes them biased. Midweek, though. in my opinion, they that makes them also biased towards the team they support because oh, they're yeah. not pro- professionals. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and uh, and that uh, that it is nobody that- bats an eye, Ahmed, here in Holland when. Uh, Ajax supporter, uh, Ajax supporting referee, um, refs a game versus Feyenoord. Like they know here that the guy will be a professional. Sure, there will be some sound, some uproar, but in general, they won't talk about it as much as we do in Turkish football. It's over in in in a day or two, and here all season, nothing. Like I've told Yasin and the guys. I'm not going to talk about refs anymore, but it's inevitable. Inevitable. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at every weekend and every match, pretty much they do make uh, huge mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yasin, what do you think? I'll, uh, well, we've been going all over the place in the game, the refs. <laughs> I mean, and we have last so 10 minutes. You, you, you guys <laughs> talked about refs, so I guess it might be good to just kind of comment on the ref of this derby, right? There was a mm. lot of drama beforehand. Um, lots of drama uh, from both sides. Fenerbahce even got involved about the referee being biased for Bishitash or Gossai. Do you guys think that the ref played biased today? Do you think he no. reffed a good game? Or do you think he was fine? Because in my I opinion... Mean, I'll, I'll, go uh, ahead, Bob. Go, no, no, go ahead. Uh, I, go I, ahead I, I, I thought it was a fine ref game. I mean, was it great? No. But was it bad? Were there positions where we really could have said, this would have changed the game? I don't think so. And no, that, that's, that's what I care about at the end of the game. Like, mm-hmm. if, if the ref is not making me say, if he didn't do this or if he did that, the result would have been different, then I think it's an okay game for Turkish standards. <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, in this match, other than a few uh, mistakes, I don't think he made a very... Uh, bad mistakes that uh, cost the game for each team, but I that that's why we're, we're not talking about uh, the referee on this uh, match, you yep. know. But uh, when you talk about uh, the matches that 
Galatasaray uh, were uh, complaining a lot, and Fenerbahce. This happens with every team. But the thing is, sometimes when you go on, like Yasin says, when you go on Twitter, you see a lot of fanatic uh, fans mm-hmm. always talk about uh, the referees because they don't like his name or something. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about in general. Yeah. I think pretty much the Turkish referees are not well-trained, uh, well-knowledge, uh, some of them at least. That's why they make uh, huge mistakes in big games. Yeah, I, I agree. And I guess, you know, from from another perspective, is there really wasn't a lot to ref this game, was there? I mean, there were four goals this, this game, but there wasn't a lot of action. There wasn't mm. a lot of situations where the teams were inside the penalty box, you know, in, in tight situations. I think no. the XG for both sides was pretty low for what the amount of goals that we actually saw. My so biggest I guess that complaint, made it a little bit easier for him. Yeah. Yasin, my biggest complaint is Roman Saiz. I think he should have been sent off with a red. Two yellows, at least, on different occasions. He was, like I said, Bishkesh was very physical, strong, but Roma was just playing a, a lot a lot of dirty games is what I what I saw, and in my opinion. I mean, he was all over the place. He was just bashing everyone's feet. Uh, I don't know if you recall the different positions, but that was my only complaint. Yeah, I mean, if you look at that, uh, Samet, yes, uh, I agree. But also, uh, one of the Galassi players did the same <laughs> exactly thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was it not was consistent, so, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty much. Yeah, right now it was Yasin saying I agree with him. I don't think it it affect the outcome of the score that referee uh, had done. And you know, even though before this match, uh, Galasai fans especially talked about this uh, referee not refereeing this match. That was the. A very hoopla going before the match too. Yeah, that was yeah. uh, nonsense to me too. I don't know why. And you know what happened? Fenerbahce uh, president went to the Turkish Football Federation, <laughs> and Galatasaray football uh, president went to the Football Federation. I mean, some things when uh, when you see this, it just it's nonsense uh, when you look at it from here, from abroad. Abroad. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. Especially if you're a foreigner, I cannot imagine. Like, uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting get, to get Nico's opinion as well, how he sees Turkish football, because um, we're very much in it. So, but for from a foreigner standpoint, well, like if you, if you ask Nico today, he's probably very sad. I haven't seen his uh, <laughs> tweets, but mm. I will make sure that he probably. Uh, ha- he'll have a couple uh, words about Galatasaray. <laughs> yeah, well, if you speak about him, he he's free to use my combine ticket if he wants to go to a Galatasaray game. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, you just uh, send him a message. He'll yeah, be yeah, glad. Yeah. I, I, I will. I'm afraid he'll take up on it <laughs> <laughs> and, and take my uh, derby uh, game seat. What, so. What's what's what section are you in? Uh, I'm uh, actually I'm behind uh, I'm right Ultra Aslan next to them behind Mustira. I can I can nice. drink tea oh. with Mustira basically. <laughs> Very nice. In the back. So yeah, no that's that for sure. I had one more point on the game. Yeah. What I found strange in this game is why Okan Buruk was trying to keep possession and go out uh, from the back by playing uh yeah, passing football. 
like our strength is into making well chasing the mistakes of the opponent and scoring from that position from the transition and i found that this game especially in the beginning we try to like um oyunumuzu beşiktaş'a yedirmeye çalışıyorduk we we try to play possession football and in at home against beşiktaş that was like the biggest strange thing i found so i'm not sure what happened there and and the idea of okamburuk this is also one thing i never liked of okamburuk he doesn't have one certain style of play he always changes it up yeah but today uh, samet he didn't have the big b plan either you know his a no. plan didn't work and he saw that from sa- sideline he should have done that in the, uh, uh probably first half uh around 25th minutes you know that was the yeah, yeah. that was the reason why when he didn't have the uh, b plan that's what happened i don't know what yasin uh, no. thinks about that yeah he, he i don't i agree i don't think he had a b plan i don't think he had a c plan or a d plan i mean if you look at the subs that he made we already discussed that they were late some of them but the ones that he did make when he did make them they didn't make sense to me he He took out uh, Sam, minute 71. What did Sam do until minute 71 to deserve 71 minutes on the pitch? And then he put Barish Alper Yilmaz on in the 71st minute as well. Barish Alper Yilmaz is a player that we say week after week does not have the football IQ to make something happen where he, uh, you know, he just generates something, you know, a pass or whatever. He's there to kind of tire out the other players. He might, he has that physique, you know, if, if we really want to, challenge uh, a certain player's right back or left back you put Barish on him and you keep him busy he had a successful game versus Fenerbahce because he was able to make runs behind Fenerbahce's three at the back uh, formation you know Fenerbahce has exposed their center backs many times other teams have and we were able to do that with Barish but how do you put Barish on in this game like if you watched 70 minute on Barish Alper gave away so many balls. Like he didn't see passes that should have been passed. And he tried passes that made no sense. So, and then he put on Yunus Akun in the 91st minute when we're attacking, attacking, attacking. We, Besiktas is, I think at this point, panicking a little bit. So we were able to win a lot of balls. I think that's because Micho actually worked out in that midfield. We got Sergio out. So we had a lot more possession, a lot more opportunity, I should say. But what did Yunus do? And what has Yunus done so far this season? You know, uh, we we talk about how good our squad is and how good our bench is, but some of these guys that came on, I, I don't know what impact that they actually made. And when you put on certain players that have a very specific type of, um, you know, what they bring to the game, you have to work around that. I didn't see us work around Yunus's strengths. I didn't see us work around Barish's strengths. We just kind of said, you know, Bam, bam, bam. You know, the good old <laughs> tactic of just going up. And we didn't really generate anything out of it. Yeah, I was really also hopeful lost we would be able to get a... <sighs> That's, yeah, that too. Gomez was actually warming up at one point. I thought he was going to come in and he didn't. I don't know right. if you guys I, thought, I thought he should have. I thought he was going to come in. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's another thing that... Why would you warm uh, the guy up if you don't think you're going to be using him? And then... Uh, and then you put somebody else in for it. That was the change too. I mean, uh, I saw that when. Why would uh, Gomez uh, warm up if you don't want him to play? 
I'm sure the coaching mm. staff told him to yeah. uh, warm up. Last right? minute decisions, I guess. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's just I think you know what it is right now. Overall, I know probably we're coming and end the show and next weekend against Bashakshir and Okan Buruk has no uh, reason not to win this match. Mm-hmm. If in any case Galatasaray lose point or points against Bashakshir, that's going to be, um, I mean, and Galatasaray fans will be up for roaring very big time if that happens. So, you know, Galatasaray fans are right now probably you are same way looking at this while we're about 20 days ago we're up uh, nine points ahead of the uh, Fenerbahce and Besiktas was not even in, in the scene. Now look at the picture, you know, and uh, the gap is only three points with Fenerbahce. So that will put pressure on uh, on Okan Buruk and Galatasaray and Galatasaray fans and also Galatasaray players. So mm-hmm. b- whatever they have to do is in but against Bashakshir, uh, they should they better uh, earn three points. Otherwise, the title yeah. uh, hope might yeah, be yep. in danger. Speaking of the Bashakshir game. We can maybe move towards uh, our predictions. This is what we usually do, Ahmed, at the end of the show. We <laughs> we predict the next game forward. Uh, <laughs> I think last time uh, one of the co-hosts, uh, Sali, said, no way we we will win like 4-1. And, and that's what happened. And I think Yasin said 4-1, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, I was listening to a lot of the Galassi space uh, rooms uh-huh. on Twitter. Oh yeah. Uh, some people were talking about winning six nothing. Yeah, çok boş Six nothing, and I predicted. Uh, I even told uh, you probably know Rahim Zafer, former uh, Beşiktaş player that lives mm-hmm. in Texas. I told him oh. two to one that Beşiktaş will win, and then uh, I was wrong. They won <laughs> three to one though. But mm. you know, uh, yeah, I mean Başakşehir. You know, Emre Belezolo, I don't know, is he still uh, suspended for this match? I know he was suspended for the last match. I don't know if he got two match or one match. Whatever the case, I think Başakşehir, you know, you have uh, good players, even though Galatasaray trashed them in the first half of the season. But this match will be different, just like they cannot uh, take them easily. Mm-hmm. They better prepare very hard and play very physical 90 minutes against them. Yeah, And I think Başakşehir, uh, Galatasaray should win this match, say mm-hmm. two to one, but I, you never know. Yeah, two out I, of three. I think it'll be a bigger, I think it'll be a bigger win than that, Bob. Um, Başakşehir is not in good form at all. Their last four games, they tied to Sivas, they lost to Istanbul Sport, one nothing. They lost to Fenerbahce, 2-1. And they lost, they beat Gerasenspor 4-2, but Gerasenspor kind of dominated that game. You know, if you look at the stats, they had 25 shots, whereas Pashak Sher, 8 on target, 12 off target. I mean, I didn't watch the game, but, uh, you know, being Gerasundo, my, my uncle did, and he kind of gave me some information on it. He said Gerasenspor should have won that game. Don't look at the score. We lost 4-2. Pashak yeah, Sher did not look good. 
Yasin, if you look at that uh, match in the Turkish Cup match, uh, the way they beat uh, uh, Galatasaray, right? Yeah. So uh, they, Galatasaray did not look play good against Başakşehir. So if they play like that, they're going to have a tough time. Against I think I think it also has to do with the laxness of Okan with his players because. I mean, if you look at the social media, the players are flying off to countries, coming right. back, eating, dining, having fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying party, don't have right? fun, but Jesus, like, wh which country are you in today? I mean, if you keep <laughs> scoring, it's fine. But, I mean, yeah. Lucas Torreira came into Istanbul. He got transferred to Galtra, and the first thing he said was in Turkish, döner kebab. Yeah. Should be off your diet, mate. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what I, I mean. There's there's a lot to be played yet because mm. if you look at the schedule right now, looking at it, four, five matches you guys have one, two, three, four, five, yeah. and the last matches you will earn three points without playing. So tough five matches uh, if you look at it, especially Ankaraju. Mm. Uh, being yep. a way match, but yeah. I, as I said in the beginning of the pro program, I think until Sivas match, if they win all their matches at home in, mm. against Sivaspor, winning that match, I think uh, Galatasaray pretty much will uh, capture the, uh, the title. So in the, you're saying two Sivaspor one match. against Başakşehir, Galatasaray will win at home. Yep. All right. Well, what about you, Yasin? What's your score? I'll say three one. 3-1? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to do another... Oh, I should not bet. Every time I bet for Galtzrei, we lose. <laughs> but I want to put another tenor on 4-1 Galtzrei. I don't know if I should do it, though. Go on. You, you just said <laughs> it like, yourself every I'll time do, I I'll bet. do backwards. I'll, do, I'll put a tenor on Basakshir win. Just so, like, if they win, I get some money out of it. If we... Yeah. If we win, then uh, yeah, then, then I'm happy. I don't care about the tenor. <laughs> so, um, that, well, that sounds good. Um, any closing points before we end it? Well, closing points. I think. Um, um, I think the the title chase right now on top of Turkish Super League is uh, got narrowed somehow. And uh, mistakes by Okan Buruk and some of the Galatasaray uh, players. And that gap is three points. It, it, it is up to Galatasaray right now. I've been saying that Galatasaray was in the driving seat all this time. They are still in the driving seat, but their credits are melting. Mm. Yeah. Well, from my side... I would say, as a true Galtra supporter, don't worry. We got it all in our hands. We're going to be fine. End of this season, we're going to be champions. I'm going to be in Turkey celebrating with everyone. I'm going to FaceTime my buddies. And, uh, well, we'll go out the streets and it'll be yellow and red, inshallah. <laughs> um, with that said, slowly. Well, we didn't get Yasin, though. <laughs> Yasin, go ahead. <laughs> Usually we skip Yasin. We we like to bully Yasin, Ahmed. This is this this this is what happens when Summit's the host, man. I have nothing more to say. I, I today was stressful. It was sad. 
but we played a tough pitch touch. I think going forward, we should be able to win our games and we are in the driving seat and hopefully we will finish champions. Mm. All right, guys. Thank Ahmed, you. Uh, do you want to plug your socials before we close it? Sure. People want to follow me on uh, Twitter at TurkishSoccer.com. Also on Facebook, Turkish Football. And follow me wherever the app uh, you listen to. Weekly podcast, Turkish Football, Turkish Super League podcast. Just search for Ahmed Bob Turkin. Thanks for having me, uh, Samet Yasin. We'll talk to you soon. Thank Hope, you for joining uh, us. Galatasaray will win the championship, but I think it's going to be hard. <laughs> I'm going to be celebrating in uh, in Alisamian winning <laughs> against Fenerbahce. <laughs> Good luck to you guys, guys. All right. Thank with you. that said, uh, our listeners, you all know you can also follow us on Twitter at the Lions Den GS, Instagram, Patreon. We're everywhere. We wish you all a very pleasant start of the week. Goodbye.